Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. I remember when I was growing up, even when I didn't really want to go to church, even when I wasn't really close to God, something always felt special about Christmas. Something about Christmas services always felt special. Like, I don't know if it was the the songs that we sang. I don't know if it was just the environment. I don't know if it was just the fact that the realization that Jesus was real. But I'm hoping this Christmas you feel a sense of God's presence and you feel a sense that God loves you and he cares about you. You know, our prayer for you is really on the back of our bulletin where it's like, we pray that you feel the hope this year of God, that he is able to, you're able to experience all the things that God has for you. So as we start off um, kind of the message, I like to get a poll on the audience, okay? So let's see where you're at on the Christmas world a little bit. So we got fake tree people, real tree people. Let let me see the real tree people. I I like to cut my... You have to raise your hand. That's the whole point of a poll. Yeah, I don't know if you know that or not. Okay, so, all right, where's my fake tree people? Right here. It's like, these are the folks that hate sap. They're like, I've, I've, I've done it. I'm, I'm not dealing with it, all that. What about Christmas music? So you got, I'll, I'll, I'll specify, you got modern versus classic. So like modern is like Pentatonix, Mariah Carey, Michael Bublé. Classic would be um, like Dean Martin, uh, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. So we're, we're classic Christmas music. It's like, give me the classic. I like the classic. All right, modern, give me some Mariah. Maybe some Justin Bieber too. He's got an album out there. So, okay, you got that. Uh, this is kind of a controversial topic eggnog. Okay, so where's my pro-eggnog people? It's like, yes. Where's my anti-eggnog people? Like, they're like, why would anyone like that? It's disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, Okay, what about this? Christmas lights. So you got, where's my white light only people? Yes. Very, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Okay. Um, Multiple colors. We're okay with green. We're okay with red. Like, yeah, we can have multiple. Okay, yeah. So um, anyway, hopefully there's no fights that are going to start, you know, based on that. But, um, you know, lights are one of my favorite traditions. And I love what the Bible says about light. This is the, a Bible verse in John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more. And he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus makes a promise to you, to me, to all mankind, that he is the light, that we don't have to have darkness in our life. We don't have to walk in darkness. We don't have to feel darkness, that he is the way to get darkness out of our lives, out of our souls, that he's the able to remove all darkness from our life. Now it's interesting. It's like even Christmas can feel kind of dark sometimes because it's the same songs It's the same traditions. It's the same smells a lot of the time. And so sometimes Christmas can actually feel dark because maybe somebody that was there last year isn't there this year. And maybe it feels a little lonely. Maybe there's a relationship that's strained. And maybe things that you you wish it looked a certain way, it doesn't look that way anymore. So even on Christmas, it can feel dark. And if you find yourself feeling sad or lonely Or maybe even like Christmas doesn't feel as good as I wish it would this year. I want you to hear that there's hope. Because Christmas reminds us that even in dark times, Jesus brings hope. In John 1, 5, this is what Jesus said. The light shines in the darkness 
and the darkness can never extinguish it. Do you know that there's no amount of darkness can, that can extinguish light? If this whole room was blacked out and there was no windows, no anything, and one person lit their candle, we would all be able to see that. That when you allow the light of Jesus in your life, it's able to overcome all the darkness, all the shame, all the pain, all the regret. It's like when you allow Jesus into your life, he is able to overcome every ounce of darkness. You might even be here and feel like, I don't know if I even feel like God's that close to me. Things haven't gone my way this year. Things haven't gone the way I was hoping to. Things are strained. Things are not the way I I intended them to be. And, And it feels like God's far away. I'm here to let you know God's actually not far away. He's close. He's here. He loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life. You might feel like, I don't even know what words to say to him. You don't have to have the perfect words when it comes to God. You don't have to know the exact word, the exact phrase. Sometimes it's just a whisper that just says, God, I need you. God, would you help me? So Christmas always reminds us that there's hope. The purpose of Christmas is in John three sixteen. A lot of you have heard this Bible verse before. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, people ask me like, what's the big deal about Christmas? Like, what is the big deal? What's the big deal about Jesus coming? Like, why is that a big deal? If it wasn't for Jesus, you and I couldn't go to heaven. The reason we can go to heaven, the reason we have hope, the reason we celebrate is because God looked at mankind and said, there's no sacrifice for their sin. They sin and they keep messing up. And I have to send my son as a pure sacrifice so that he will die on a cross, rise again, and then they will ask him to lead their life. So Christmas is the hope that you and I can live with God in eternity. It's the hope, it's the excitement, and not just for eternity, but today, that Jesus has overcome all the power of the enemy. So you and I don't have to live in shame and live in regret and live with all the past hangups that we have, but he offers us new life. He actually says we can become a brand new creation. And so Christmas is this awesome picture of hope and love. But the next verse, I think is just as important. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Do you know that God didn't send Jesus to condemn you? That God is not looking at you thinking you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not spiritual enough. God is not the one condemning you. God's not not the one saying you're not good enough or you don't stack up. Maybe you felt that before. Maybe you felt that from churches before or pastors before or family or Christians before. I'm here to show you that's not God's heart. God doesn't want to condemn you. God loves you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. So he didn't send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you, to resurrect those dead things, to bring life into those things that don't feel like there's very much life. And Christmas is a great reminder that God reaches out through difficult situations The whole entire Christmas story is filled with difficult situations. Mary and Joseph, they have to travel 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She's full term. There's no Uber. There's no rent-a-car. Like that, no, there's a donkey. So she's on the back of a donkey, full term pregnant for 90 miles. Like that's difficult. Then once they get there, she's ready to deliver the baby. They, they, 
They don't go to a hospital. They don't go to a, a hotel. Like they don't, they don't, they have to deliver the baby in the back of a manger. Like that's difficult. And the other thing is Mary and Joseph, they're all alone. There's no family. There's no doctor. There's no nurses. There's no midwife. Surprise, Joseph. Like it's time. Here comes the baby. Like it's difficult. You could feel lonely. You could feel like God doesn't see you. You could easily feel like, what, what's happening? I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to live for you. And all this stuff keeps happening. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. God, where are you? Maybe you felt that way before. Christmas is a great reminder. God sees you. Even when you feel like you're doing something insignificant. I want to read you part of the Christmas story. This is Luke 2, verses 8. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. See, I think this is kind of fascinating because you have shepherds that are working the graveyard shift. It's the middle of the night. They're not super rich. They're not super influential. But God chose to tell them first about Jesus. Like, that's fascinating to me. He didn't appear to the king. He didn't appear to the priest. He didn't appear to the girl who just won the Miss Bethlehem Beauty Contest. Like, he appears to the shepherds. They don't seem to be significant. They don't seem to be important. But God looks at him and says, you are important. God looks at him and says, in my eyes, you are significant. In my eyes, you are important. In my eyes, there's a purpose and a plan for your life. And these men go out and they spread the word about Jesus. They spread the word that there is a Messiah, that all these prophecies that we've heard about for hundreds and hundreds of years, that is coming true. He chose them. So maybe you feel like your life isn't very significant. Maybe you feel like it's not very important, that what you're doing isn't really making a difference. See, God looks at you today and says, you matter to him. You are significant to God. And the same way he spoke to the shepherds, he's speaking to you and saying, I bring you good news that will cause great joy in your life. That today a savior is born. Today there's a Messiah. Today there's Jesus and he wants a relationship with you. And he can remove all the darkness out of your life. And just like those shepherds, God's inviting you to come experience the Savior, to come experience a life with joy and peace in a relationship with the one and only God. I want to close with, with this story. In 1876, there was a famous singer by the name of Ira D. Sankey. He used to do a lot of the uh, D.L. Moody revivals. And so Mr. Sankey was traveling on a steamboat up the Delaware River, and it happened to be on Christmas Eve. When the passengers realized they had this famous singer on board, they all like approached him and said, sing, sing. We want you to sing for us. And so he obliged. And before he started to sing, he stood for a moment, almost as if in prayer. And he was trying to decide what to sing. He knew it was Christmas Eve. So he wanted to sing a Christmas song, but this other song kept coming up in his heart. And so he began to sing these words, Savior, like a shepherd lead us, much we need thy tender care. 
in thy pleasant pastures feed us for our use thy folds prepare. And all those that were listening, their hearts were moved. The words telling a sweet story of God's love for wandering men and women and the beautiful melody, it floated across the deck, across the water and into the night. At the end of the song, a rough looking man, he actually stepped forward and approached Sankey face to face. He said, did you ever serve in the Union Army? Yes, answered Sankey in the spring of 1860. Can you remember if you were doing picket duty on a bright moonlit night in 1862? Well, yes, I do, answered Sankey with surprise. Were, were you? He said, I was there too, but I was serving the Confederate Army. When I saw you standing at your post, I said to myself, this fellow will never get away alive. And I raised my musket and I took aim and I was in the shadow completely hidden while you walked in full moonlight. And at that instant, you began to sing. You sang the same words that you just sang a moment ago. The music reached my heart and I took my finger off the trigger. I'll wait till the end of the song, I said to myself. And then you sang, we are thine. Do thou befriend us, be the guardian of our way. I could hear every single word perfectly and how the memories came to my heart. I began to think of my childhood and my mother. She loved God. She had sung that song to me so many times before, but she died all too soon. Otherwise, I think my life might have turned out different. At the end of the song, I could not raise my musket again. It was impossible for me to take aim, though you stood in the bright moonlight, a perfect target. Then I thought of the Lord. I looked at you and I thought the Lord who is able to save that man from certain death must be great. He must be mighty. And so my arm dropped to my side and I cannot tell you all the things that I thought at the time. My heart was touched, but I had no idea what to do. And that was 14 years ago. And just now when you were about to sing and you stood quietly as if you were praying, I recognized you. It's really you. I've wandered far and wide since the last time I saw you on the battlefield. I've never found that shepherd. Please help me now find a cure for my hurting soul. And deeply moved, Mr. Sankey, he threw his arms around that man who had once been his enemy, who could have ended his life, and he began to pray with him. And that Christmas Eve, a former soldier found the great and tender shepherd as his savior. Before we end up doing our candlelit moment, before we sing Silent Night, I just want to take a second and pray over you this morning. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, we thank you that there is a shepherd we thank you that Jesus can take away all the darkness in our life. So God, as we're here this morning, would you open our hearts to receive that we want you, we want to serve you, that we want to take a step towards you. For people that feel far away from you, God, I thank you that you are one step away. So I'd love to just pray over you this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the front. But if you find yourself far away from God, I want you to know that he's near. Maybe you've been close to God before, but you find yourself, you've taken a few steps back, or maybe you've never even heard that Jesus loves you, that he wants a relationship with you. Today, if you ask him, he will come into your life, save you, heal you, redeem you. So I just want to take a second and pray. If that's you today and you're saying, I want to dedicate my life to God this Christmas Eve, I'm just like that man. 
and I'm taking a step forward. I'm taking a step towards the shepherd, towards the Savior. I'd love to just pray with you. So if you want prayer today, just slip up your hand real quick. Say, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep. Yep. Pray for me. Good, 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 good. You can put your hands down. Good. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Let's say this prayer together. Let's all repeat these words out loud. Say, dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I ask you to forgive me, to heal me, and redeem me. This morning, I dedicate my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. There was a time in my life where I did the same thing several of you just did. I've never regretted giving my life to Jesus. I've never regretted serving him. I've never regretted adding more and more and more of God in my life. So if you made that decision, I would, man, we applaud you. We celebrate. The Bible actually says all of heaven celebrates over one person that asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. So we're celebrating with you. We're excited. Keep coming back. Like keep coming back to a place where you can experience the presence of God and be around a bunch of believers who love you and support you. We're excited about all the things that God wants to do that as you begin to shine your light, you're going to see God move in your life like never before. So I want to speak this verse over you. This is Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. You are dismissed.